and we, we definitely have some people who fall into that category. Um, the funny part about it is that we pay them to come. <laughs> they yeah. are people that we have hired in um, specifically on our music team. Like we, we have a fantastic, uh, we don't call them a freeze band, we call them uh, the Thrive House Band. And mm-hmm. um, they're, like, they're phenomenal musicians um, who probably would not have shown up to Thrive um, on their own. Uh, mm-hmm. But after, I mean, really after a couple weeks, after a month of having to listen to our messages and having to interact with people in our community and having to think a little bit more deeply about um, how the songs that we're doing are connecting to the message, they're like, I kind of like this. Like, I get this. Um, this is relevant to me. Welcome back to the Burlap Podcast. My name is Paul Sheneman. I'm the host of the Burlap Podcast. And today we have Jen Hibben. Uh, Jen's going to give a little bit of information about herself this morning, but I just want to let you guys know that today we're going to be talking about millennials and discipleship. It's uh, something that's come up in some emails that have been sent to me and some comments that have been made uh, elsewhere. But uh, Jen is going to share some of the things that she has learned along the way of being in the trenches and doing ministry. And so, Jen, could you just tell us where you're at, uh, what your position is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am one of the pastors at a church, a new church start called Thrive, and we're located in, in West Des Moines, Iowa. And now, Jen, in that context, what's, uh, what's kind of the demographic around you? Do you have like a college that's real close to you? Do you have a lot of millennials in your church? Um, what's it like? Yeah, so Des Moines is a, a small, big city in a sense, and so uh, we do have actually a couple colleges in the city of Des Moines. Um, it's pretty easy to get anywhere in Des Moines, and so nothing's really kind of off limits for us, which is great. Um, so we actually, we, I do actually have a, a couple college students who are really involved at Thrive, but we do have um, a lot of millennials who, who are attending Thrive, uh, maybe some later, later millennials, but um, we do kind of have a good group of people that kind of fit into that, that category, and so that's been great for us. Yeah. So now what do you do specifically with discipleship and millennials? Yeah, so um, small group discipleship especially has kind of always been an area of interest for me. And um, being a millennial myself, I kind of um, work out of what I know. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. I was, Thrive has been, I've been at Thrive for, for almost two years now. Before that, I was a kind of a more um, established traditional church and actually had a lot of success there in leading and kind of creating a small group with millennials there. It was fantastic. There was a lot of, a lot of good discussion, a lot of really great um, relationship building among those people, relationships that really um, were supportive but kind of uh, foundational for people in that group who were looking for uh, like-minded people who wanted to be able to talk about some of those deeper questions. So I had, had great success with that and came to Thrive, which is different, a different church being a new church start, and a lot of the ways that we do things are just a little bit one-off. But thinking kind of, yeah, I'm just going to be able to do this because I had a great, great experience before and I can just sort of replicate it. Um, and then my experience was that that doesn't work. <laughs> it didn't work the same way. Um, and so I had to kind of go back to the drawing board and kind of um, dig a little deeper about what discipleship is and what that looks like. 
I've been really lucky to have conversations with some great people across the country around discipleship and what's working for them. Um, but in at Thrive, really when we're talking about discipleship, we have a multi-generational congregation, but we are pretty clear that we do gear a lot of what we're doing towards um, millennials and towards people in, in kind of that age range because uh, we see that as kind of our affinity group, the people that our heart really um, sort of beats for. And uh-huh. so um, kind of in the, in the wide, there's a very wide range of things that work for um for millennials in discipleship from the conversations that I've had. Uh, but one of the things that, that we really learned, especially kind of in this sort of transfer that I was trying to do, I'm just going to kind of like pick up this small group and redo it over here, and it's just going to be fantastic, is that that's, that's right. just not how it works. <laughs> and that for us, we have to be really um, – it's more about being in tune with the people that you have around you and listening carefully to what their hopes and their needs are and being able to develop stuff out of that. So um, I'm still in the process of kind of putting together a more formal discipleship plan, which really um, I'm not sure many people at Thrive are going to care a whole lot about having a formal discipleship plan, uh, but it's helpful for me and it's helpful to be able to talk about it um, in ways that uh, resonate. Um, but one of the things, you know, um, for us is, is like tapping into that, like what's going on, what's going on, not just with people in our church, but in, in our community as well. Um, maybe this makes it sound very stereotypical, but like bacon's a pretty big thing in Iowa. Um, it has been for a while. I kind of thought that it was going to go out, but it, it's still kind of a big thing. And so um, we, we hear people talk about this. We have this thing called Bacon Fest. We have all this stuff going on. And so... Um, had someone in our congregation who was talking about wanting to make their own bacon. And we're like, I was like, man, let's just turn that into a small group. Like, let's make bacon together, like from scratch, you know, and then see what <laughs> happens and see what we can do about it. Um, uh-huh. You know, I'm like, we're not going to talk about kosher laws while we do this. We're not going to have a Bible study while our hands are, like, handling pork belly. But, but what better place to connect with people? What better place to, like, bring people in who are not going to show up at my, um, you know, my – uh, Bible study, but they, they sure as hell might show up for a bacon class, you know, and uh, gives us a chance uh-huh. to, to connect deeper to the community around us in a really fun and kind of quirky way, which has been um, pretty successful for us. So, Yeah. Yeah. So when you said that what you had been doing at the previous church, I just kind of want to revisit that. What do you mean it had been working? Like what are the signs that you saw that, that you had a group of millennials that you were discipling that was thriving? Uh, what were, were some of those, those indicators to you? Yeah. You know, and I think this is across the board, like, um, and myself included, that millennials are really busy. And if they're going to show up to something, consistently, like on a week-to-week basis, you've got something good going on. Just the sheer uh-huh. fact that they can, sh- they will show up, that they make that a priority in their week um, speaks volumes to me. Because I know that people in my group have plenty of other things that they could be doing, um, uh-huh. especially on a, you know, on a weeknight when, I mean, hey, they can just watch Netflix, you know. That's, right. For a lot of people, yeah. that's, still, that's more exciting than uh, coming to small group. So we had this small group of people who, who really showed up very consistently, um, we met in a Panera because that was just a little bit more comfortable for, for our group. They could eat dinner and, and talk and that kind of stuff. Uh, and I was very intentional that this is an hour group. Like, we know you're busy. We want to be respectful of your time. So we'd always kind of, at, at an hour mark, say, hey, if anyone wants to go or needs to leave, uh, let's say a prayer and we can kind of close things up. If you want to stay and hang out, you sure can. 
we closed that place down every single time we were there. People didn't want to leave. Uh, people didn't want to, um, to stop talking or to stop hanging out. And oftentimes they would go somewhere else afterwards and hang out a little bit more. Um, and for me, like, I mean, those are kind of these tangible signs that we can talk about as far as people being committed on one level. Uh, but also the, the level, the depth of questions, the depth of conversation uh, was really telling to me that there isn't a place for these people where they feel like they can ask these kinds of questions, where they feel like it's either safe or they feel like people even care about what the answers might be, um, and where they can actually be challenged. Um, so much of, I think, uh, stereotypes about millennials is that we just want a pat on the back and we just want a, um, you know, a gold star. But a lot of the people in my group especially, they wanted to be pushed. Uh, we had, I had one, one girl who uh, was like, I, I need to start tithing. Man, I'm going to start tithing, and I really need you to ask me about it so that, I know, so that you know that I'm, that I'm tithing, which, uh, you know, I'm like, heck yeah, like this is awesome. This is not something that normally, uh, normally comes up in conversation, especially outside of, of um, the church. Um, but even that, then being, being able to talk about that experience on a deeper level with the whole group uh, was really telling to me. So. Yeah. So now in, um, in the church that you're at and Thrive now, um, what were the things that made you feel like, okay, what I did at this previous uh, church that was in the same community, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Or close, close by. Um, what I did there and what, I, what I'm trying to transplant into here, it's not working. What were the things that made you feel like this isn't working? Did, was it like people weren't showing up consistently? Um, people yeah. you know, weren't. <laughs> uh, yeah, people not showing up really does a, does a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, and part of it, we had done a, we've done a couple other things that thrive that were super successful in our in my previous appointment, my previous church. Um, and like I said, at thrive, we're all about just kind of trying stuff. We're really uh-huh. not. Um, we you know we're like let's give it a try, let's give it a try. And so we were trying some of these things that I had done before, and they were successful there, and they just fell flat. Um, yeah. And so the small groups were kind of one of the two. To be completely honest, at the first church that I was at, I could pretty much see who the people who were millennials or people around my age. And I walked up to them and I'm like, hey, you look like you're about my age. Do you want to join my small group? Like, and that worked. Uh-huh. You know, that was, that was enough of an invitation. Um, and then at Thrive, um, you know, I was uh, hosting a, a group actually here, here at my house and, uh, and invited people, had a great number of people who were really excited, um, got things, you know, kicked off, um, thought it was going really well, and like slowly and slowly, slowly, people just ca- stopped coming. And maybe they have stuff uh-huh. come up, but it just it didn't it wasn't a priority anymore. Um, now I could just say that that's just due to my small group leadership skills, but um, and having talking to those people afterwards, they're just it just wasn't the same. There just wasn't that same sense of like community that was being developed. There wasn't this sense of um, of sort of that depth. There just there was something that wasn't working in that too, um, to kind of go into it cold like that. Which is why, like, uh-huh. we want to have these groups, like the Bacon Group, where people can just just meet, just be on the same level for a little while around something sort of um, unimportant, um, depending on how you feel about bacon. Um, but then, <laughs> then to, to be more intentional about what's what's the next step. Where do uh-huh. we where do we go from here? Where do you specifically go from here? What what's the next piece that you might need in your spiritual journey? Um, and for me, that's just 
it's really emphasized the importance of relationships as the basis of, of discipleship, especially with millennials, and that um, I can give you a list of our small groups, but if I haven't talked to you about what's going on in your own life and your own spiritual part of your life, then um, I'm not going to be able to be very helpful in saying, like, hey, this is where I think God might be calling you next. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, what are some things that you have tried at Thrive um, besides transplanting the old model uh, that you would say has just has, has not been effective in discipling millennials? Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of it goes back to sort of the busyness of of um, millennials. I mean, Des Moines isn't isn't uh, a huge place where there's tons going on, especially for millennials. And so this kind of idea that we expect them to be able to show up at lots of things in a given week has really, you know, it, because for, for me, part of discipleship is, is accountability and it's saying, hey, if this is important, we want you to make a commitment, we want you to show up, we want you to be, be all in. And if you can't, that's okay, but we need to, let's, let's be upfront about it. Um, and so we have people who, you know, who have said to us, like, hey, I already went to small group this week, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to come on Sunday morning. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh. Um, or we, you know, we're like, okay, we're going to have a leadership meeting, and then after that we're going to have a small group, and then, you know, and then we're going to have this, and we're going to have that. And they're like, I'm just not going to do it. Like, I'm setting some – they're setting boundaries in their own life. Um, so really talking about, like, what's worth it? What's, what's the expectation? And then what's, what's the piece that's really important? Um, and part of that is us as leaders – being knowing people well enough to say, hey, you know what, you're right. Maybe you don't need to be in a small group this this trimester because we because you are really being called to serve, and we want you to focus that energy. Um, we want you to come back to small groups. We want you to not forget that. But we see that God is calling you to do this right now, um, and in that we don't have problems with commitment because people are where they're supposed to be. It's kind of when we sort of have these blanket expectations about you need to be in a small group and you need to be serving and you need to show up every Sunday morning and you need to do X, Y, and Z that people are like, eh, I don't have to. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. And I'm with them. Like, I'm like, I get that. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, so, yeah, sort of that high expectations that aren't particular to the, to the person. Yeah, yeah. So what things have you guys done as a community or individuals within, uh, well, people within the life of the church um, have done to reach out to millennials who, um, who are non-religious or maybe nominally religious um, or just uh, completely reject the Christian faith altogether um, and, and, and the notion of God? Um, has there been things that you guys have done uh, as a community or, or maybe just uh, people's, uh, people within the community? Yeah, and um, I, <laughs> we, this is a question we get a lot too. Um, and we, we definitely have some people who fall into that category. Um, the funny part about it is that we pay them to come. <laughs> they yeah. are people that we have hired in um, specifically on our music team. Like we, we have a fantastic uh, we don't call them a freeze band. We call them uh, the Thrive House Band. And mm-hmm. um, they're, like, they're phenomenal musicians um, who probably would not have shown up to Thrive um, on their own. 
mm-hmm. but after, I mean, really after a couple weeks, after a month of having to listen to our messages and having to interact with people in our community and having to think a little bit more deeply about um, how the songs that we're doing are connecting to the message, they're like, I kind of like this. Like, I get this. Um, this is relevant to me. I'm not even sure if I believe in God, but what you're talking about is relevant to me. And it's mm-hmm. changing my life. And, um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm in. And that's kind of been uh, a, a huge thing for us because it is, it, there are people who wouldn't have walked into the doors of Thrive otherwise, um, but they're our yeah. biggest advocates. And they are the people who are inviting those other people. Um, so we have a college student who, who's our vocalist for, for the Thrive House Band who um, totally invites her friends from college. Grant Sunday mornings, not the always easiest for college students. I get it. Um, but she's brought in a couple people, too, that have, who are, after they've been there for a while, get that same sort of sense of, like, yeah, um, I get it. This is relevant. Um, I'm in. Uh-huh. And so, um, so I usually joke that if you want millennials um, who are nuns, duns, whatever you want to, however you want to yeah, categorize right. them, uh, pay them, pay them to come. <laughs> and if you, and if you've got if you if you're if you're talking about relevant stuff and you've got a community that's welcoming and open and um, creates space for God to work without uh, kind of micromanaging it, um, they'll probably stick around. You might have to keep paying them, but they'll probably stick around and they'll probably be the people that lead you to um, other people in, in those in those groups. So. That's been the number one yeah, <laughs> successful nice. thing for us in bringing in that uh, that group of people. And, you know, as a new church starts, that's kind of, uh, they're like, the, you know, the powers that be or whoever are like, this is, we want these people to, to be a part of, of communities of faith. You're a new community of faith. Um, you, you don't have some of the traditional trappings of church. So you, you're the people that we, we need to be reaching out to these people. Um, so it's kind of been, uh, a mission that's been given to us to, um, and it's so it's interesting for us to be able to go back and be like, well, you just have to pay them. <laughs> it's really the only thing. <laughs> um, but that that um, that that's one of the things that we're constantly trying to find ways. Uh, it, testing out new things and trying new ways to reach those groups of people because um, we've already seen what that looks like for them to be a part of a community that does that mm-hmm. does make their life look different. So. And on a, like on a wider scale, too, one of the things that we've done that's been super successful and actually is like blowing up on Facebook right now is last year we hosted a 5K um, in West Des Moines. We just really wanted to create um, a really positive atmosphere for the community to be able to come together, um, hang out, do something that's good for them. But also, um, for me, it's just this image of like, can we create a space where the kingdom of God can be a little bit more tangible to people? Um, so, yeah. our, like, you know, our people were, were really, really saddled with, like, this needs to be, like, the friendliest 5K people have ever run. They need to feel so encouraged. They need to really just feel like they've been cared about and loved. Um, they're going to walk mm-hmm. away, and they might not ever make a connection, but that they might have experienced something in that time. Um, and so uh, we did this 5K last year. It's called the Food Truck 5K because food trucks are kind of the, the new thing in Des Moines. Um, and so last year was super successful. Um, Maybe just because millennials are at the age where they're still able to run pretty well, we had you know <laughs> good numbers of millennials coming uh-huh. out, just something like that. Um, so I literally, um, like, I don't know, forty-eight hours, not even forty-eight hours ago, I have posted the event to Facebook for September of this year. Um, mm-hmm. Just you know, just to get it out there, just so our people could kind of start inviting people and talking about it, getting it on their calendars, and 
really in 36 hours, like we have over um, 1,600 people who are interested on Facebook. We've reached over 100,000 people on Facebook with that event, just like totally blown yeah. up because it's this connection to what's going on in the community outside the church and something that people want to be a part of. And so, like, I, didn't have to, I don't have to, I haven't had to do any advertising. I didn't even invite anybody to that event. Um, but we feel like we kind of hit on that thing because we were in tune with what was going on around us. Yeah, yeah. That sounds great. Um, I am I'm all for any time a church can create impact within their community where they bring them together, especially since I'm in a suburban context, and uh, and one of the things that I've noticed about a suburban context versus I'd previously been in a, a rural or an urban context uh, prior to this, and so this is my first time ministering in this context, is that people are real friendly to their neighbors, but they just don't know their neighbor. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I meet people all the time walking uh, along our street where, you know, they've lived next to that person for 10, 15 years, and they can tell you their first name, but they don't know anything about them. And so yeah. anytime you can grab your community, pull them together, and actually have them have a friendly conversation that gets past, you know, my name's Bert, my name's Ernie, um, yeah. that just is just an amazing thing, I think, for the church to be a part. Uh, I, it, at least it resonates for me in my context, so... Yeah, I think that's that's a great thing. Well, Jen, thanks for being on the podcast today, and thanks for sharing what's going on in the life of Thrive and in Des Moines, Iowa. And we thank you uh, for uh, for your honesty and, and kind of just laying out what you do in ministry. Uh, it's always an encouragement to hear uh, somebody else that's in the trenches trying to reach millennials, uh, just being open and honest about the, the reality of it. And so if people want to get in contact with you, what's a good way for them to do that? Um, you can you can check us out on Facebook. That's always a good way to connect. Um, my email is just Jen Hibben, um, J E N dot H I B B E N at thriveumc.org. All right. Thanks again, Jen. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Make sure to uh, comment below or send us your comments on what you want to be talked about and addressed on these episodes of the Burlap Podcast. Mm-hmm.